Hello and welcome to the third Cedar podcast on the challenge of collaboration. I'm your host, Gemma Oak. Our recent research revealed that 32% of Brits believe a lack of leadership to be the most significant reason for teamwork breaking down. This was only behind lack of communication in reasons cited for failure to collaborate successfully. This week, Andy Rogers speaks with Nigel Nicholson, Professor of Organisational Behaviour at London Business School and author of new book, The Eye of Leadership, Strategies for Seeing, Being and Doing. We ask him what qualities make the modern leader and explore the importance of the confidant to those in positions of leadership. Professor Nigel Nicholson, thank you very oh. much for, for talking to us. Uh, I'm particularly interested, given your recent book, The Eye of Leadership, you uh, obviously talk about um, the role of the leader and we'd be interested to know your thoughts on how that relates to a team dynamic and if it's important that a good leader is also a successful collaborator. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's completely essential that leaders are the facilitation of integration and collaboration amongst their people. And that's more important now than ever before as the world has become more complex. There are other forms of leadership that have existed in former times, like command and control, when people are weak and powerless and so on. So there are different forms of leadership. But I think, as I say, today... Uh, the winning organizations will have a strong collaborative ethos. And I think the really key model here is not for the leader to be sort of, you know, superior or in some cases sort of a superman or woman amongst men and women of the organization, but rather to be akin to a theater director whose job is to take a bunch of people, a bunch of actors, uh, and turn them into an ensemble where status differences are kind of eliminated in the pursuit of a performance, a common performance, you know, and then the leader's job is to get the performance. In fact, in, in the book, I talk about Duke Ellington as a, as a kind of a model of a, the jazz orchestra leader. And, you know, the secret there is getting everybody's voice together and to, to produce a harmonious sound, and yet each individual voice uh, has its own purpose and its, uh, uh, and its own pride, if you like, in, 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 its, in its existence. Because people... People need to feel, you know, you, people don't want to lose their identities through collaboration. They want to feel that the collaboration somehow enhances them. And, and I think that, that's the key balance for, for really effective leadership is to kind of help individuals to shine at the same time, making sure that they're part of something that's bigger than they are. And thinking about the, the team dynamic and, and the way in which the leader works with other people, in your book you make reference to the fact that... Uh, in the long term, successful leaders often have long term confidants. Yeah. Do, do you see that as a collaborative relationship? They're not always long term, actually, but I do think it's essential that leaders have people to talk to. They need people to tell them the truth. They need people to give them support. They need people to give them advice. They need people to challenge them and to say, you know, maybe you're wrong about something. You know, so, so leaders need that. Uh, and of course, that's a very high trust relationship. And it, it's, it's, it's often hard to find, hard to build and hard to sustain. But the best leaders do that. You know, especially when you've got you know, highly creative, mercurial characters like Michael Eisner, who ran Disney, but was famous, famously had this sort of collaborator, Frank Wells, who was, who, you know, who helped both control him and contain his, his passion. And, and, uh, uh, and when Frank Wells died in a helicopter crash, then Disney 
as a corporation suffered. So, you know, this, this pattern of, of, you know, leaders needing people to talk to, and it's not just, you know, the guy at the top, I think throughout the organization, people need people to talk to. And unfortunately, in many organizations, they don't have anybody. They don't have any because there's too little trust amongst peers. The bosses are too distant and the subordinates, it would seem like a sort of favoritism relationship. So they're left, left in isolation. That's the first issue. But there's the second issue is even when you have these people, how do you use them? How do you, you know, get, how does the leader get value out of that? Are they having the right conversations? And I'm afraid again, not, but there are some simple steps that can be taken to, to, to help leaders do that. And in, in my book, The Eye of Leadership, there is a, a chapter on, on those themes. Good. And uh, talking of trust, um, uh, how essential is trust to um, good collaboration, uh, particularly for for a leader? In the research we've done, it shows that people value trust, but can you actually do business when there is no trust? Well, I think you often have to. I mean, you know, we can't trust everybody. And often you're dealing with strangers. And, you know, so, so we live in a world where you can't expect everybody to be your trusted friend and trusted advisor. Clearly within, the, within your organization, trust is essential. It's the mo- most important five letter word in business, in my view, is trust, you know. So, uh, and we, so with these relationships really drive the best organizations. But it's quite possible to have a completely transactional relationship with somebody where I do this for you, you do this for me, you know, and then we go our separate ways. I mean, that happens all the time. Every shopping experience to some extent, you know, uh, of course, the trust is contained in some institutional framework. I think people get very worried if they think that framework doesn't exist and they have no protection in those, in those, uh, those uh, encounters. And a lot of our society, of course, we have we have protection for those things and increasing and increasing need for them as uh, as people you know, do things on the internet and so on. We we live in a world where it's increasingly easy to kind of get cheated. And so the, the, the firewalls are coming up, you could say, for, to, to protect people. But ideally, you know, we'd live in communities where we know people and where if I do a deal with you, I know, you know, I'm going to see you again. So if I cheat you, I'm going to, I'm going to have to live with the consequences of that within the community. Um, and that's one of the dilemmas of modern society, of course, is how to create high trust in a world of strangers. Um, are there um, innate qualities which a successful leader would have that relate well to, um, uh, to, to collaboration? So factors such as being a good uh, communicator or having certain uh, type of personality even even factors such as gender being a woman uh, i was going to say being a woman for example yes yes <laughs> well um i mean okay so so you could say women have a kind of a head start when it comes to emotional intelligence in some of these respects that's true it doesn't mean to say the rest of us are that us men are kind of somehow uh, disabled uh, i think there are simple things that people can learn and do that will that will give them as it were a kind of degree of instant empathy and again, in my book, I talk about decentering. Now, decentering is like is it's like a an intellectual form of empathy. So, if empathy means you share somebody else's feelings and passions and so on, uh, decentering means you're able to put yourself into somebody else's shoes and kind of see the world through their eyes, even if it's your enemy or somebody you don't like. Okay, and I think you know the, 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 this is a kind of a discipline uh, that you can cultivate is actually thinking well. I know my boss is a bit of an ass, but let me just think about why he or she is a bit of an ass and what's going on in his world and what's the, what are the pressures he's under on his boss? You know, how's he being kept on a, on a choke chain by some 
somebody or other, you know, so those things. Um, and if you think those things through, you can then realise, well, actually, this person is an ass for a kind of reason, and maybe I can help him or her. Maybe, you know, we can... We can. Because I think... See, this is one of the... Again, in the, in, in, in the book, I talk about the challenge of hierarchy, and I think it's a big issue. You know, we have hierarchy for very good reasons, and we divide organisations, we chop organisations up in particular ways for efficiency reasons to get things done. And then we struggle with collaboration, we struggle with trust... Um, so, you know, but we should really live in a world where, you know, I'm not responsible for my peer, I'm not responsible for my boss, but actually it's a better organisation if I feel if my boss is struggling, I can help her, you know, and if my peer is struggling, I can help her, and there's somehow uh, a kind of a, a moral responsibility, as it were, to build community wherever you are in your organisation. And, that, and that, that's to do with organisational culture, you know, that's the, you know, that's the question there, it's about... And how do you create and sustain a collaborative culture in business? Yep. And if uh, someone were a, a business leader were to come to you and say, um, "I'm just embarking on this major strategic alliance or, or partnership. Um, I need to put a team together." What what advice would you give them in terms of? having the best shot at a successful collaboration? Well, okay. Uh, first of all, you need an overarching vision. You need, some, you, need some, you need a common purpose. There has to be something bigger, like my Duke Ellington, you've got the sound of the orchestra, yeah. okay? You have to say these two parts coming together are going to make a better sound than either of them would apart. If not, then you have to ask yourself why, why you're doing it in the first place. If it's just you know, a merger driven by an executive's ego, then the chances of failure are quite high. And we've seen plenty of those, I have to say, in the business world. Okay, so you have the overarching concept of what, it, what this new world will look like. And then you have to, th- then you have to align the interests of people in those or- inside. You have to make sure, we're back to the vo- my voices of my musicians, if you like. You know, those people have to, have to feel that they, their voice matters and their voice will, will, will be heard to some extent. Um, and that this larger goal will be a vehicle for them achieving their goals and their interests. You know, we can't get away from the fact that, you know, however much we like to collaborate, we also, you know, people have interests that, that, they, that they, will, uh, they will give priority to if, if, they, if, they, if they feel they're thwarted. There are situations where um, embarking on a collaboration, even in being a leader, is, is quite risky, and that risk obviously implies that if things go wrong, the fallout can, can be highly damaging. Do you have a, an opinion on how leaders should go about that or, in general, the risks that are involved? Well, I think thinking ahead is quite a good thing to do and to say, you know, to have a sort of plan B or to think about what will happen if something doesn't work and uh, uh, where does the credit, how's the credit and how's the blame shared or whatever. Um, but again, you, I think the whole thing about blame is a serious problem and I think we live in an age when we over-identify mistakes with personalities and with individuals uh, rather than saying, well, you know, lots of things happened that we wouldn't have liked to have happened, there were some unfortunate accidents, rather than turning it into a moral drama. The, the narrative really matters here, actually, and I think the narratives of trust are important. And the, one of the narratives of trust is if things go wrong, you will be forgiven, you know, and we will work together to recover the situation. And I think that's a, that, that's a, a simple and powerful narrative. Uh, and the fact is we don't manage the downside very well in our society. We don't manage failure very well. I mean, a failure is, as I've called it, the F word of management. You know, it is, 
it's something you, once you apply the concept of failure instead of learning from mistakes people learn how to avoid failure now learning how to avoid failure is not a good way of dealing with mistakes you know what you really need is to analyze understand why things happen and how you know you how you can plot a more successful course in the future you know you should cherish your errors and say they're opportunities for learning and development but that's so much rhetoric you know in in a world where people feel responsible feel the concept of accountability means you will be blamed i think this this concept of accountability has become very very double-edged you know it becomes used as a stick to beat people with frankly when things go wrong rather than saying accountability means you know having a responsibility for something which is which i think is a positive way of thinking about it Thank you very much. Good, it's a pleasure. Nice talking to you. Thank you. That was Andy Rogers talking to Nigel Nicholson. As always, a video of the interview with Nigel, along with videos of previous interviews, can be found at cedar.com forward slash collaboration. In our next episode, we speak with Vanessa Robinson, Head of HR Practice Development at the CIPD, an organisation which is no stranger to the study of trust. To subscribe to the series for free, please visit the iTunes podcast store and search for CEDA. To get in touch with any questions about the project, or if you'd like to give us feedback, please tweet us at cedarsaz or email us at info at cedar.com. Thank you for listening.